it'll be the best investment um, that you can make. So the big question is, what are the top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? If you ever thought about this, you're not alone. No one has been able to get the answers until now. We spent the last few years helping agents sell billions in real estate, rubbing shoulders with top producers, which got us thinking. How can we expose more people to these insights to help raise the standard in the whole real estate industry? We then realized that we could help bridge the gap by getting secrets from the best of the best so that you can succeed. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, we've got Ashley Schaefer. She's been in the real estate business for nine years, got a small team of three agents, including herself, is going to do $36 million this year, move 103 units. And my favorite thing is she's grown her business whilst growing her family. Now, we're going to dive into this story in the at the very beginning because we were just discussing it off air and it is hilarious. <laughs> and it really does sum up that if you just hustle and grind and you've got a lot on your plate that you can make it happen. So today we're going to be discussing mindset, motivation, getting referrals and building a business and client experience. Ashley, thanks for agreeing to jump on with us today and share your story. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. Um, so I uh, am kind of infamous in my market for uh, being pregnant and door knocking and doing op- carrying open house signs with a big belly. Um, I didn't know. I had a handful of people I knew in Albuquerque. I hadn't lived here very long when I started my real estate business. Found out I was pregnant with my first child the night before I started real estate school. Um, had a bunch of people who figured I would wash out quickly when the baby arrived. It was quite the opposite. Um, It was the bottom of the recession, 2013, January, 2013, I was licensed and uh, just, you know, hit the hustle and the grind, you know, went out door knocking. It was the heat of the summer in Albuquerque. It was about a hundred degrees that summer uh, Fahrenheit and was door knocking, pregnant, carrying open house. People would honk at me, other brokers in the market. There she is, the pregnant realtor. And uh, ended up, uh, had my daughter in August of that year and won Rookie of the Year for my entire market in Albuquerque. Um, so just proof, you know, that you it's all mindset and, and how you frame it. There was no plan B in my world. I was broke. I had a baby coming. I had to figure out a way to make it work to support my child. Um, and so I made it happen and then subsequently continued to grow my business, double my business year over year, had another baby two years later. Then the joke became, can she even sell real estate without being pregnant? Uh, (laughs) having kids. And then in 2019, my, uh, after I had started growing my team, uh, found out I was surprised pregnancy with my third baby sold five houses the week I delivered him. So for all the people, you have to take time off. And I was home with my kid, hired a personal private chef, you know, put five houses under contract the week he was born. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful that my small team and I will, will close 36 million this year, 104 units. Actually, we just got one more cash deal snuck in there. So so this is this is literally the definition of no excuses. Fuck your excuses. <laughs> fuck your excuses, one thousand percent. Fuck your excuses. This is good. so rookie of the year award. That's pretty insane. I mean, 
making Peter look like shit over there. Only got five oh, million dude, done was, in three months. He's not going to win no Rookie game. of the Year award. <laughs> <laughs> How much? What, what did you have to do to get Rookie of the Year? Was it so many transactions or so much volume or was it most improved <laughs> zero <No>. or something? <laughs> It's really a combination of things. It's They definitely look at your production and your transactions, your units. And then there's an interview process with all the former rookies. And uh, I think I gained a couple of points, you know, with my volume and my production that year. And right at the tail end of my interview, I let them know that I had a baby. I didn't make that the focus. I wanted my production and my units to kind of be the star. But I think I did get a couple extra points. Couple of extra. Yeah. I'm- I reckon, Peter, you might be in good stead by taking Leah with you then, mate. You could. You could, because all them pictures of Leah trying to sell homes, you might be able to just put in for rookie. Yeah, do it. Well, that's the thing. We're we're laughing about this because, like, the other day, my wife wasn't feeling, you know, super hot. She's pregnant as well. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my kid with me. Not the greatest idea I've had. My clients, I think they kind of enjoyed it. They probably did because she's very cute, or at least I think so. Um, I mean, she was talking in her language. She walked into the house and she starts telling you whatever, I guess, is going through her mind. We don't know. We don't understand it. But there's something, there's some type of charm for sure when, when you bring a kid in and, you know, you're out there, you're grinding. It's a Saturday morning, 8 a.m., you got your kid with you. It's just, just, just like you're saying, it's like, just no excuses, right? Just get it done. If that's the only time your clients can do it. Yeah. What's your excuse? Yeah. You, you just really there, you can make excuses, you know, or, and that's where the mindset piece that I, I teach a lot of classes um, and give back to the real estate community in that way. And I start every team meeting within my team Every class I start, I I bring in the mindset and motivation to things because if you don't start there, it's just so easy to become a victim, you know? So I ask, honestly, I have a sick kid at home right now, toddler. I probably slept a total of two and a half hours last night, right? So I opened my eyes reluctantly this morning and asked myself, like, am I going to be a victim today or am I going to be a player? And when I'm in those hard spots, that's what I ask myself. Am I a victim or am I a player? And today I'm going to be a player despite my uh, sleep deprivation challenges. And and so that's what I really Love encourage that. all brokers, but especially new brokers. So I give everyone that joins my team, the first book I give them is The Miracle Morning. There is a Miracle Morning for real estate agents. I think the original Miracle Morning's great. I wish I would have written that book. Um, But you come on my team and that's the first thing you practice because how we start our day is going to dictate the rest of our day, right? So we collectively, we hold each other accountable for this, saying our gratitudes before, before we even put our feet on the ground in the morning. So what are you thankful for? Some days that's hard to find. Other days I'm just like in this flowy state of just grateful for every little thing. And some days I'm like... I don't know what I'm, you know, I have to stretch really far to get it. That's, that's the start. Um, I've gotten off the miracle morning a little bit just because my life is so hectic that I pretty much, as soon as I say my gratitudes, I throw gym clothes on and I'm at the gym. Uh, I, I wake up about a quarter to five and then I'm at the gym by about five fifteen, Um, so I can get home and get everyone ready for their day. And then I've added in because I felt that 
that miracle morning, which for the people, the listeners who don't know, you know, it's visualization, some reading, just really getting your mindset right. And I encourage you, even if you don't read the book, look at the cliff notes and get some tidbits from it. Um, and then just trying to be really intentional about my day and visualize how I want the day to go, try to read something that motivates me, encourages me a little bit. And I've started to do that right after I work out, I go in this quiet room in the back of my gym. Um, I'm a, I do Pilates and I go to the back of the Pilates room and, and just kind of sneak in a little miracle morning stuff so I can get my head right before I go tend to my kids and then my clients. You know, you know what's interesting? I don't remember where I read this or saw this, but probably on Instagram, I, I follow like a lot of inspirational stuff. It's like what you're talking about. If you take a glass and you fill it up with water or your favorite juice, you fill it up to the top. If you try to put something else into that glass, let's say it's coffee or whatever, it's mostly still going to be the same color. Okay, if you put water in, it's going to be transparent. If you put an orange juice, it's still going to be orange. But if you reverse it, and let's say you fill that glass up, even a quarter or halfway with coffee, aka stuff that doesn't serve you, like garbage, news, negative stuff, right? Yeah. No matter what you put into that glass afterwards, it will never be go back to its purest form. You will never be able to make it clear. You'll never be able to make it an orange juice cup like it was if you were to reverse that order. So it's interesting that you that you talk about the mindset and the motivation, which is one of you know one of the first topics that, that we, we cover, because this is the root of what you're what you're essentially describing is get myself right first. And then tackle on the day, tackle on the day's problems and become the problem solver for everybody. Yeah. But unless your mindset is right, and unless you're right, not even a mindset, unless you're right, you're equipped. Quarter to five? Holy crap. Okay. It's early. That's all I got to say. That's, that's early. Which it's means early. what you just said is you get up really early to focus on yourself so then you can serve everybody else, aka you're starting with your family, mm -hmm. right? Three kiddos, get them, get them to school in the morning. By the time that most people wake up, you got a good two, three, maybe even four hours of a quote-unquote head start. That's me for everyone yeah. that's listening. It's you've Psych. got a 12-hour head start on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 5 a.m. I start at 5 p.m. and I'm 5 till 7 p.m. solid two hours of work every day I do and then I'm done. <laughs> and, and, well, let me, let me just preface this by let me, I love that, by the way, Peter, the glass uh, analogy. I'm going to steal that one and adopt it as one of my own. Be my guest. I, I, I have to give credit where credit's due. I wish I could, but I don't know where I got it from. It was probably some inspirational post on Instagram. So if anybody <laughs> listening, if you find it, let us know. <laughs> the, the other one that you said you can either be a victim or a player, The uh, one of our mutual coaches, me and Peter, have mentors. He says you can either be a victor or a victim of mm. circumstance. I want to be a victor. So they, 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 they play off each other, victor or victim of circumstance. You choose. Love that. We're all stealing things from other people and just absorbing them. That's, That's okay. And, That's all right. and sharing it. And it's beautiful. And I, you know, just to encourage some of the listeners, I, I am not an early person by nature, by any stretch of the imagination. I believe that my normal rhythmic clock is probably from about 
you know, wake up between 9am, 10am, go to bed somewhere between midnight and one. If, if I wasn't trying to accomplish anything in life and just went by my normal clock, I really believe that's where I'd operate. However, in this business, what I've learned to understand is that just studying, I've studied so many successful people and I don't know or follow or get mentored by anybody that doesn't make getting up early a critical piece of running a successful business, you know, and that, that really came in leading people. If I want to lead people and teach them how to do things the way I do them, I better be doing it right. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Again, in every avenue of business, they always, I always, I'll, I'll be honest. I have a challenge with this and I'll tell you what my challenge is. I like, I'm currently in England, so I'm already at least five hours behind of like, so Peter's in Florida. We do most of our business on the East coast. So midday to me is only 7am. Right. So if I got up at 5am, it's kind of pointless because that's midnight to Peter. So he's still awake from the previous day, but I would be getting up. So I, when I get up, so if I get up at midday, my time it's or 10am, which is about when I get up, it's still 5am Eastern. Which means it gives me, because I work those hours, I work Eastern hours, I do kind of get up at 5 a.m., but it's 10 a.m. here. And so that's always been one of my challenges where it's like, wake up early and I'm like, yeah, but do I really want to get up at 5 a.m. in the UK when I earn work? Yeah, but but I think you have to put that stuff into context, right? Like you're waking up at quote unquote 5 a.m. our time. But then for everybody that's listening, you're also going to sleep at like 2 or 3 a.m. when most people are already sleeping. So it's it's, it's context, right? Yeah, I do 5 a.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, this and this yeah. this is where we offer a little bit of cushion for some flexibility. And that's the beauty of our lives and our industry. If you yeah. are working, I mean, I know a lot of agents who are growing their businesses internationally and you do have to adjust accordingly. You know, what about these motivational speakers who are bouncing through different time zones, you know? Right. So this in my little cocoon here where I live and work in Albuquerque on Mountain Standard Time, this works for me. But you have to adjust it according to what maybe somebody has a spouse that works a graveyard shift and it's not, you know, possible for them. And and you have to adjust it accordingly and give yourself a little grace depending on where you're at. I know where Andrew's going to take this. Andrew, you want to start? Because I do have some questions about this mindset and motivation because I know sometimes, sometimes it can feel like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? Mm -hmm. Right? So I get it. You know, a morning routine is essential. But how do you get through the tough shit when the tough shit happens? And what are you doing not only to get ready in the morning, but then optimize yourself throughout the day, whatever's being thrown at you? And how do you deal with those things? Take today. You're on two and a half hours sleep. Like, how the fuck have you got through today? Let's just discuss today. <laughs> this is a great real live circumstance I'm living here, right? So uh, the first thing is, uh, fortunately for me today, Tuesday mornings, is my team meeting day. I start every team meeting with a 10-minute meditation. Uh, we happen to have a, Z- a Sikh 
uh, Western Sikh member um, from that community who is a master meditator and has taught us all to meditate, right? So how I got through the first part of my day was I'm going to get those 10 minutes to meditate and give to myself and get to my breath, right? And it sounds so woo, woo, woo. And the more I've practiced it, the more I believe in it. We, we breathe into our intentions. We're reading a book right now called The Power of Intentions by Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer. Amazing book. Um, and so we breathe into those intentions. So the first part of my day, you know, getting to the pharmacy to get my baby an antibiotic, the, the whole jam. I'm just telling myself, I just have to get to that 10 minutes, that 10 minutes. So this is where if there's other people leading real estate teams listening, we get to control how we do things, right? So we don't just jump into a meeting and start going over our numbers and office stuff. We sit and we breathe together. We talk about our numbers, where we're going next year. Then that 10 minutes gives me peace to get through the next hour, right? I was I was telling my assistant, I'm tired. How am I going to get through this podcast? She blared some music and we danced in the office before I came to sit down with you guys because she knows how I operate. I needed my blood pumping, right? Um, and so you brought up a really, really good point, Peter, and that is why right? Why? Why are you doing this? And if you haven't read Simon Sinek's Start With Why, and if you're not a reader, at least go listen to his TED Talk. At the very least, listen to the 45-minute TED Talk. And, and that really changed my life was understanding my why. And my why has shifted, right? Um, it shifted. At first, it was money and survival. Like, how do I just pay my rent, right? Now, my why is much, much bigger. And it's really about helping and serving other people. So I know if I just laid in bed today and canceled everything I had to going on, I'm not fulfilling my why of being of service to my real estate community, my peers, my family, leading the people that I've committed to lead, right? So when you focus on that why, and Simon talks about the how and the what are very easy, right? What do you do? Well, I sell real estate. How do you do it? Okay, X, Y, Z. But why do you do it, right? And that why has grown. If that's the nucleus, it's just perpetually grown over the years. And so when I have a day like today and I'm struggling, and in fact, when I was struggling at about 7 o'clock this morning trying to get everyone out of the house, I sat down with my notebook for five minutes and I wrote my affirmations out and I wrote a couple gratitudes out. And then I wrote my mission statement, my personal mission statement, not for the team, but for my life. And I came back to my why. And that's why I'm so big on mindset, because regardless of what's being thrown at us, regardless of sleep deprivation, regardless of the news and the naysayers and all this crap we're getting fed, the clickbait online, if you can come back to the simplicity of the why you're doing what you're doing, that's going to be your motivation to get you through. I, by the way, for anyone that hasn't listened to the Simon Sinek thing seriously, I love that thing, by the way. That talk, I've listened to a hundred times. Easy. Yeah. Like, it's a phenomenal. He, by the way, he's just a genius in general. He's, he's if brilliant. You, yeah. If you also, there's another one he has, which is understanding um, infinite and finite games. So, so it's game theory. Not to bore people, it was originally a maths problem. Uh, finite and infinite games are actually a maths theory, but they're actually to do with how people completely misinterpret business they think it's a, a finite game which 
to simplify this for everyone listening, a finite game is like a sports game. It's an agreed upon set of rules and an end outcome. So imagine a game of football or hockey or whatever you want. That is a finite game. An infinite game is no agreed upon outcome. So one example is usually a war, right? So, um, and people think that get business are a finite games um, where it's like, oh, well, I want to be the biggest business by X, Y, Z. And it's like, I never agreed to these fucking set of bullshit rules, right? <laughs> like people go, oh, I've got the biggest business. And it's like, how do you define that? I've got the biggest business in, in 2021 between the minutes of 2, uh, 2 p.m. and 2.01 p.m. So go fuck yourself. Like they're my rules, right? Well, it, yeah. it's, it's bullshit that people buy into where it's like, if you want to play, you can play on very big stages. Like if you say, okay, the agreed upon set of rules is who earned or who did the most volume in 2021 and you enter a competition that is an agreed upon set of rules and you could win or lose. But most people don't realize that business is a finite game. Uh, sorry, it's an infinite game. Okay, there's no agreed upon set of rules. And that's why starting with your why, because you don't have the same rules as other people. You don't have the same goals as other people, which is really important. Me and Peter go on about this a lot internally in our own business together because we have very clear and and aligned goals. The reason we do such good business together is is when we were separate, we've known each other for years, but when we were separate, we actually ended up coming together and finding out we had the same goal, which was kind yeah. of bizarre. So we were separate and we were friends for years. And it's, it may sound bizarre that we didn't discuss these things in granularity but we didn't and then we came together and it was like that's exactly what i want to achieve too which is why when we became partners it works so well because we both know irrespective of what each other are doing we are both hunting after the same thing which is this an incredible alignment. yeah huge alignment in in having the same goal and the reason why i mean it's pete is different he's got a family like you do i don't so like i've got a bit more flexibility in my life um which i enjoy so I can get up later and I don't have kids crying and I don't have to go get antibiotics. Like. Lucky bloke, as they say, huh? <laughs> Very much so. I love it. <laughs> so I'm just living, I'm living the bachelor life over here and um, I get to enjoy it and I get to watch Peter get crucified every day. <laughs> I love that though. The alignment of goals is so, it, that's been one of my biggest journeys of, learning and understanding and in having a real estate team is that you are really aligned with the people you're in business with you know it it helps you build culture Mm -hmm. it'll help you build a strong culture i mean you sound like you've got a kind of a a crazy team at least from listening to what you're saying with regards like meditation you're all line motivation all this stuff and you're all i mean that'll build very family-like relationship between you all um, which will present its own challenges, I'm sure, because families, I've got a huge family myself. I'm actually one of 11. Ooh. So, yeah, so we got, so it, it, you get different things, right? For one, like I've always been very generous. We grew up learning to share. We didn't have a lot. So we had to share what we had and you didn't get a single hand-me-down. It was like a fourth generation (laughs) hand-me-down. This wasn't like my sister had it. It was like, you know, (laughs) So it, it you get different things, but I'm, I guess I'm curious. I know I kind of went and jumped in front of you here, Pete, with your question, but has it, one, is it like a family that you've generated or created culturally in your organization? And what are the impacts on having such a close-knit group of people? Is it more mostly positive, negative, you know? Um, because I'm curious about the challenges that come along with having like, 
people that are so intertwined and um i guess some repercussions like, like, like at what point is it too close too close right and what is that distance and proximity i think that's where andrew's really going with this is is there a downside for being so so personal and so close with some of your team members where you know some of the lines where you're like I know we've ran into this issue before. It's like, yeah, definitely. Do I do I do I have this person stick around or do I not? Because now all of a sudden, there's not a fit. Or but it's but it's not all of a sudden. It's been happening like this for months now, and I've just been prolonging the process of you know. Yeah. No. Th- those are really fantastic questions and something that I've given an exceptional amount of thought to and talked to my coach. I've had the same coach now for about four and a half years, and and he's always kind of cautioned me because he knows what kind of family environment I've created. And the plus yeah. side to that is, as you discussed, we have a very very strong strong defined culture. We're all moving in the same direction. Um, you know. I, after I had this last kid, they're coming over to my house and making sure I'm up and that's sitting there with my computer open with me, just pressing me, you know, and that's really, I think a signal to a really strong team when, you know, the team members are there to also push the leader when we need it, because we're not superhuman. And sometimes we need to be pushed too, not pushed down, pushed forward, you know, and um, we, you know, I'm so fortunate in that, Up until this year, I've had my real estate team for a little over four years. No one had left the team uh, on their own accord. I had asked people to leave. And that that was a hard lesson to learn in some respects. I, I know pretty quickly when it's not the right fit. Um, and you know, I just learned quickly through having exceptional life coaches, real estate coaches. I have a lot of coaches. I have a parenting coach, a life coach, a real estate coach, a real estate team coach. I mean, I'm fully coached here because everybody needs a coach, you know, Tiger Woods still has a coach. And so if you don't have a coach out there and it's, you're scared of the investment, just take the plunges. It'll be the best investment um, that you can make having the accountability and some someone even just to bounce ideas off of. So definitely make that investment. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, Ashley at the Schaefer Realty Group.com. Um, and I'm happy to point you in some directions of some great coaches. Um, but my coach kind of warned me about that because I, de- I do tend to care. I have a, a, a big empathy threshold and I, I care a lot for people. However, what I've discovered is that I have to protect the business first, right? We're here yeah. to do business and produce. If yeah. nobody's making any money and I'm not making the business profitable, we all lose. So feelings can't Good get time. Feelings can't get in the way of that. And I'm clear with that. Um, and when I have asked people to leave, uh, you know, it's, we, I, I'm on good terms with every single person I've asked to leave the team. I could call them today and ask a favor. They could call me. They still do. They still ask me for guidance all the time. And I'm still here for them. They just weren't a good fit on the team. Um, the two people that left me this year 
Um, they were family. One of them had been with me for three years. They were in a sweet partnership that we blossomed on the team and they're engaged to be married. Um, and, you know, it was just time. They weren't, the team wasn't serving them. They weren't pushing as hard as they could have. They're doing much better now on their own. And so it was very mutual and it was the right time for them to go. Um, I had breakfast with them yesterday. They're still, you know, we're still friends with them. We honestly, for the group that we have right now, we have made such a clear commitment to one another that when there's a problem, we sit down and we face it just like you do in a family, right? And these are relationship skills. So if you don't have those, you know, uh, probably a real estate coach isn't the right person. I'd probably direct you to a therapist at that point to help you. Um, and I've done a fair amount of therapy. It's a, it's a great thing to dive into to learn good relational skills, which is when there's an issue, I don't create the cancer within my culture that I'm going to go behind and tell this broker I'm having an issue with that broker. I'm gonna, that, those brokers know I'm going to go straight to them and dive into it. And we're there for each other in the hard times. We just, our lead buyer broker, we just, his dad was just diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer two weeks ago. Um, and, and we were his first call, you know, so we are a family, right? And we supported him and cried with him. And those are the hard things. And you do have to be very careful not to blur the lines. And that really falls on the leader, right? As right. empathetic and kind and understanding as I am, if you're not performing and you're not showing up to do your job, then we we have a problem and we're going to talk about that and be direct. And so um, I hope that answers your question, but you it's a fine balance. And it's interesting because one of my uh, original best mentors, Mike Carter, he's the owner of our Coldwell Banker franchise here in Albuquerque. He taught me early on that just what makes a great real estate agent, there's tons of high producing agents are not the same skill set that produce a phenomenal leader, right? And yeah, I totally. knew I was morphing into the leader I was meant to be when most of my reading and most of my podcast listening and all of that was centered around leadership more than it was real estate production. Yeah, 100%, totally different um, skills, beliefs, character traits from different points in your business life. Um, it'll also change if you were to become like the broker owner or, you know, and things like that. Totally different set of skills again uh, yeah. that you need to uh, to evolve. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Now, before you go, we're giving access to a private training we did where we revealed the top three niches to get listings today completely for free. So if you want access, you can go and download that training at EliteAgentSecrets.com. We're regularly releasing new trainings, guides and cheat sheets so make sure to head over to eliteagentsecrets.com and sign up so you don't miss out